Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I am Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you today? I'm doing good, Shad, and I'm excited about tonight's episode. Oh, yeah. I am Brad? doing well as well, and I am excited for the show, too. Uh, we are all three excited for this. I think we're going to have some fun. First, we want to get our shout-outs handled. The first one is going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code for Corners Podcast. That is the number four, capital C in Corners, capital P in Podcast. No spaces. Save 10% off your order. They have some new shirts out. They've got a Harley Davidson. They've got a sale, title. too, right? Yeah, there's um, the Slam into Summer Sale, where you can mm. save, for a lot of shirts, you're saving five bucks right off the top, and our promo code does stack with that sale. They so have they, a lot, they have shirts that I kind of, they have a lot of shirts I kind of want, which is bad, because I'm yeah. like, I'm like at max capacity almost for, <laughs> for shirts, for wrestling yeah. shirts, I have so many. They've got one that's kind of the, the WWF New Generation style, they've got a Harley Davidson style, they've got a... Um, Daft, uh, yeah, Daft Punk style. Um, wrestling is my love language. And instead of only fans, it's only marks. Like, there's a lot of of cool shirts here. So um, we got it. We, we got to say. Oh, and then there's also uh, what is this one? It's Ask Me About Pro Wrestling. <laughs> so, um. And those are just some of the new ones. They still have some older ones kicking around, too. And our other shout-out means that we hand it to Matt. Yeah, um, our other shout-out is to uh, Orlando Cologne. You know, Orlando Cologne, Chad, would be my number one pick in any draft out there. Even like the NFL draft that's coming up soon. (laughs) Why, Matt? That sounds like a segue. It sounds like a segue, because it is. All right. So tonight... I'm going to give a quick overview, and we're going to let Brad dive into some particulars. Tonight, we are doing a wrestling draft. We each have our own regional promotion. We are drafting who we want for it. And then Brad's going to give us a few more particulars. Yeah, so the way the draft's going to work, um, the draft order is Matt is first, I am second, Shad is third. It's going to be a snaking draft. If you don't know what that means, that means... When we get to the end of a round, the person that picks last then turns around and picks first. So there are some basic rules to this. You can take a tag team together if you forfeit your next pick because you're taking two people. Um, Because we are regional promotions, we have a limited allotment of, of foreign talent just due to budgetary concerns. So you may take two wrestlers from Japan and two wrestlers from... 
Mexico. Um, we have a small smattering of regional talent that we start with. This is going to be a 20-pick draft, and you will contract jobbers so you will not draft them. All right, so here we are, and we want to give um... – we're going to give a little bit of background about which region we have and what we're looking to do. So, Matt, would you be willing to start us off? Well, I will, but we should also clarify this isn't like a modern day draft. This is – Oh, that's true. That's very true. This is – Yeah, we're going way back. It's a set in 1993. We're taking uh, available uh, wrestlers, workers from 1993, and that's the, basically the wheelhouse of so people who unfortunately – now in today's age who have passed away uh if they were active in 1993 alive and active they're on the board and it's so. a, i think 1993 is a very interesting year because you mm-hmm. kind of have this this new generation of talent rising up that's going to play a big role in the later 90s but you have a lot of these mm-hmm. 80s mainstays still kicking around it's, yeah, there's stuff. actually a, a huge talent pool to pick from. There's people who are kind of active, but they're very, very, very early in their careers. There's people who are are kind of established, but not superstars yet. There are people, like you said, from the 80s who were mainstays. There are people like uh, from the early 90s who are kind of just coming into their own. Uh, there's foreign talent. There's you know, luchadors. It's like there's some good stuff to pick from. So that's why I was really excited about this. I have I, I know who I want. Hopefully I can get them, but there's a lot of talent to, to pick from here. There sure is. Now, uh, one other thing. They had to be active yes. in 93, which to at least my heartbreak and I'm sure others, that means that, for example, Roddy Roddy Piper was not an active wrestler for the year of 1993. Uh, so none of us can draft him. Mm-hmm. But And, and, and that, that really kills me because I really wanted – I really wanted to get Piper. Oh, he would have been a main. He would have been one. He could have been your main event talent right there. I think. I think the three of us might have fought pretty tooth and nail to get him, but yeah. here we are. So no, you know, just to put that out there, if you look at it, you're like, well, why isn't this person there? The main resource that I have used, oddly enough, has been the PWI Top 500. Yes, because it gives us a nice overview. Not, and I'm not looking at what kind of year everybody had but it does give us a nice overview of who was active that year because with with 500 names that casts a pretty wide net and even if they were having a down year you know they would still be on there yeah but like we we've 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 barely talked to each other but there's like a specific person i'm going to target in this draft that everyone would go like well why did you want him and when I get to him and I draft him, I will tell you why I drafted him. But there's a very specific reason I want that person. And mm-hmm. um, you're going to run into situations like that where we're not going to necessarily take the best person. We're going to take the person we think is going to work for our promotion, our style. Um, yes. And like, you know, just maybe we have a good idea <clears throat> for them. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I figure we will um, talk about all of the... Uh, why we're picking them as we do, but let's go ahead and get um, establish our regions and establish kind of what we're looking for. So, yeah, he, you asked me to do that, and I got sidetracked with the. Well, no, it, it was important you filled that yeah. stuff in. That yeah. was very important. So I decided to take basically Texas, the state of Texas. Um, 
I thought that'd be kind of a challenge. I kind of, I was debating between this and some other states. I think, uh, Shad, I think this, the, the regional promotion you're going to do kind of mm-hmm. edged into some like of the Southern states, which my, my inclination would have always been to, to choose like the Southern states. Yeah. Just because that's like old school NWA, Jim Crockett promotions, that sort of thing is, is, really just my favorite of all time so yeah I, i'm glad you kind of did that because it forced me to kind of step out of my wheelhouse uh even though i think it, once we actually go through my my draft picks i think it, i'm still kind of edging into like the southern style but sure i took texas because uh, at least in the 80s with world class obviously you had you had a really really rapid fan base yeah. for, for texas in texas for wrestling um you still had some in early early 90s uh, we talked. We did a show once about um, like the Global Wrestling Federation. Mm-hmm. So there was definitely a, a market there for them, and it's a big state. Texas people don't realize how huge Texas is. Yeah, there there's a lot of a uh, lot of opportunity there, both with with wrestling fans generally, and also if you get go the further south you go, you have you're edging into like luchador territory. Yeah, that's yeah. what so, I think is interesting about Texas. Mm-hmm. You saw it in world world class a lot is you have a really easy pipeline for like a stream of talent that no one else can easily get. Like, it's really easy to like bring a couple of luchadors in, bring like, you know, a couple of guys that maybe are more local that wouldn't necessarily go deeper in. I think, um, I think that gives you a pipeline to a unique set of talent. And I also think, um, it really requires a different touch than a lot of promotions would because Texas is going to be very much a like very rough and tumble style, mm-hmm. um, you know, brass knuckles championships were a big thing there. That's funny. You say that. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, I'll get into that. But um, yeah, so I think, I think Texas is interesting and it's just such a large, like you have Dallas, you have Houston, you have Fort Worth, you have San Antonio, um, just such a diverse like set of towns and probably like, talent expectations and then you know you just have all these towns you can run spot shows in Mm -hmm. yeah so um matt what what kind of uh what are you looking for here what kind of uh promotion are you looking to run it's uh i was kind of sharing with you guys beforehand it's it my promotion is going to be a little a little bit weird because it's going to be it's going to be almost like two promotions in one uh there's going to be a lot of really rough and tumble heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're kind of going to be battling it out. That's the booking there would be more towards that. Um, but I do want to have essentially an undercard of lightweight guys, uh, some maybe some luchadors, some maybe some Japanese talent, but mm-hmm. just light heavyweight guys who can really go out there, put on a show, either high flyers or as really good technical wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Uh, who in time, you know, once they once they get a little more established, um, maybe they can start moving up the card and actually, you know, work with the heavyweight guys. I think I, I'm going to try and pick some heavyweight guys who uh, could pair well with anyone. So that's what I'm going to try to go with. How uh, how many titles are you planning on having? Uh, I'm having three. Okay. And I only I I would just have like a heavyweight title and a, a tag team title, but I'm going to do a, a kind of an intermediary tire like middleweight not a middleweight but just like a you know like your middle title yeah just i think i think i think one of you guys suggested that you were going to do like a tv title or something like that yeah that's what that was should i just go should i go through mine 
Go for it. Just quickly, yeah, I'm gonna do like a basically like the heavyweight. Are we naming our promotions? Are we just? I named mine. I named okay. mine, but. All right, I was thinking of calling mine the Lone Star Championship Wrestling. That's Ooh, a good name. I like just that name. <laughs> just because it's Texas. I thought about just doing like something simple like Texas Championship Wrestling, but that gives since you it like is the... an mm-hmm. like you almost get um what I like about that is you get a very it almost paints a picture of what the logo looks like in your head. Yeah. Yeah, I thought at. It's a Lone Star State. Making it Lone Star is making it more, you know, regional to Texas, but uh, just it sounds more fun. Maybe there's better chances of, of, you know, marketing it than just saying Texas heavyweight. But um, I'm going to have your heavyweight title, so I guess your Lone Star heavyweight championship. You could also, Uh, if you wanted to, because then you could could be just ripping off history. You could do, like, the Texas heavyweight championship and, like, kind of claim Mm -hmm. some lineage back to – that's World a good. That's a good thought. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, I'm gonna do your, of course, the tag team title, tag team uh-huh. championship. Uh, you gotta have that. And then the the kind of middle title that I was gonna do, it's not gonna be like a TV title or intercontinental title. Uh, it's not. It, so when I say that, I don't mean like the concept behind it isn't like old school, old school WWF slash E, or like old school NW like uh, NWA WCW where like the US title was kind of like your 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 I don't know how kind of mid card title that you put it on same concept with intercontinental title you put it on guys who you want to make stars and you might be moving them up to the main event mm-hmm. but even if you don't you're at least you're showcasing them they're being pushed they're they're clearly like you're presenting them as stars right. whether you're going to actually move them to the the heavyweight championship uh, picture or not like you're clearly just pushing them it's not quite that it's not it's not guys I'm going to be grooming, but it, it would have uh, it would be a title that would have some some importance to it. And I am going to do uh, I'm going to do a brass knucks championship. Brass knucks. Nice. Yeah. The concept though, it's going to be similar to how brass knucks championships were in the past. But given uh, this is 1993 and it's a different region, but this chronologically and in, in his, like, historically, I guess I should say, this is kind of almost edging into the whole mid to late 90s extreme period where some more aggressive uh in-ring action was appreciated uh-huh. my concept is like the brass knucks it wouldn't it wouldn't explicitly be like a hardcore title but yeah. the rules for the brass knucks would basically be like all the brass knucks championship uh fights would be no dq so that could mean like you're you're, you're bringing in you know some weapons that chair you know, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, but doesn't necessarily have to include that, but it would be at least no DQ. Okay. So that would, that would allow for some, for some, uh, some plunder, maybe <laughs> some, some chicanery. Sure. So kind of edging into like a hardcore time title, but not quite. That's my concept. All right. That sounds good. I really dig that name too. I guess it's now that, now that I think about it, it's kind of a, a little bit unfair to, some of the light heavyweights I want to actually draft, but uh, there's not, I'm not really, it's not, I'm not, I wouldn't like strictly hold like a weight requirement. Like a light heavyweight could challenge for the, the world, the, my national heavyweight title. So, yeah. okay. All right, Brad. Well, um, my promotion is going to be called Great Lakes Championship Wrestling. That's going to give you an idea of the states mm-hmm. I'm running, but um, this is going to be Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Minnesota, Wisconsin, 
And there might be a little weaseling from time to time into like Toronto for a show or two. Oh, okay. But, that's a good um, idea. So, uh, my company is going because of the region, um, with a couple of additions, I'm going to make some dubious claims to having the AWA lineage. So I'm going to have the AWA world title, the AWA world tag team titles and the AWA television title. Um, since I have a couple of guys who are the, I we, we have a couple of regional guys, but I have um, Mike Enos and Wayne Bloom as part of the region. I will probably have them as the initial tag team champions and claim that mm. they won it back from the trooper and DJ Peterson at some point. <laughs> okay. Just to kind of keep the, the, the farce up. So this is going to be kind of all Japanish. Probably going to go with some bigger guys, like a stiffer style, but also <clears throat> technically proficient um, promotion. Probably low level of DQs and countouts. It's going to be like hard hitting action, probably longer matches, but like a focus on clean finishes. And I don't know if technical style is going to be right because there's probably going to be a lot of bomb throwing and head okay. head drops here. Ooh. Okay. Well, mine. Um, Go ahead, you, Matt. Sorry, sorry to cut you off, Chad. Uh, Brad's explanation makes me worried because <laughs> there's a couple of guys that I want to draft, which uh, we might yeah. be in competition. So I'm, I I'm might veer guarantee. off into some weird spots that you might not expect. I about guarantee that I'm going to run into some stiff competition with some of mine. But um, for me, I am going to my wheelhouse. Um, Appalachian Championship Wrestling will run Kentucky, West Virginia, Virginia, Tennessee, the Carolinas, and North Georgia. Basically up and down that stretch, and then we'll we'll kind of spread out a little bit from there. Uh, I know it would be sp- stepping on Smoky Mountain's toes, but this is fictional. So uh, in this fictional universe, Smoky Mountain's not there. <laughs> and see, uh, I'm going with... What I'm going with is I'm I'm dealing with an area that, first of all, loves the wrestling. But then second, there's enough people there who have been through enough rough patches in their life that they know what getting punched looks like. So I, I, I'm having to look at trying to keep my hands on um, some guys that would get a little snug um, and then – the other thing I'm gonna I'm trying to do is I'm gonna try and mix. I, I want to have a mix of, of different types of people on the cards, but the main focuses are gonna be hard hitting, tough competitors, and then I'm going to be looking for, um, as Jerry Jarrett suggested, I'm gonna be looking for the good looking guys that'll draw the girls in that'll draw guys in. <laughs> um, and then one other thing that I'm I'm real serious about doing here is the people that I'm I'm eyeballing to grab are people that I believe would be mobile enough that I could move them up and down the card without much question. So if one week they were second match of the night and then next week they were semi main, that you know, there's enough um there's enough <sighs> reputation there's enough legacy 
behind some of them that that won't be a question. And then for others, there's just flat going to be enough skill to do that. So uh, we're we're all three talking about having some hard-hitting folks, and I'm looking at it going, oh, hell, because uh, <laughs> I'm worried about the same kind of thing. There's – I don't have much of an eye um, – on the luchadors, but there are a couple of picks from Japan that I think I might be able to get work in this setting. Um, but probably just one, probably just the one, because if I go more than that doing the same thing, then I kill the heat for one or the other. Um, I'm going to have a heavyweight title. I'm going to have tag titles. My mid card title is going to be called the challenge title Hmm. because it gets challenged regularly. There is not a um, there's not a set gimmick that goes with it, but every show, you know, the, it, the the challenge title is going to be defended regularly. So, uh, you know, if if we're doing you know, every TV, there's going to be challenge title somewhere, because in doing that, I can do lots of things to either build guys up by having them have. Even if they're barely squeaking out, they're tough enough to persist by – I can build them up by having them go through just this briar patch of challengers that ought to be tearing them apart, but they keep coming out on top. Or I can have a nice back and forth where there's a best of seven to determine who the champion's going to be, or I can just have it be the the challenge title holder – is so damn sick of somebody interfering in this stuff that, you know, he offers to throw it in whatever kind of gimmick. This region also gives me the option to use a few more gimmicks you might not otherwise see. So a coal miners glove match becomes a very viable gimmick in this region. Ah, so, uh, you know, it wouldn't carry as much as like a bull rope would in Texas, but if you book that right, then yes, you can absolutely have it make sense. I like it. Cool. Okay, so do we want to hit round one? Yes, Matt, you've got round one. All right, I've got round one, um, and I'm actually going to go with a tag team. So this will be my first two picks, actually. Okay. Uh, I'm actually going to go. I'm going to go straight for some heavy hitters here, guys. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I I wouldn't think that they would entirely necessarily fit with a Texas. But they're not exactly like these guys aren't exactly like Texas guys. Yeah. But they're so damn good. And they can have matches with just about anyone. And certainly in 1993, they could have matches with literally any any person in the world. Uh, I'm going to go Rick and Scott Steiner, the Steiner brothers. Damn. They're on the I top of you. my team tag list. Really? I, I figured. <laughs> and that's They probably are at the top of everyone's tag team list. Yeah, they were at I the mean, top of mine. Yeah, I knew well, I had to take That's why I had to take them first. Hey, <laughs> credit to you, man. That's That's a great pick. That's that. That's great. I, I can't argue with that. I mean, I mean, heck, I was, I was like, oh man. He starts talking. I'm like, oh crap. That's the Steiners, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I knew as soon as you said that. I had yep. to just because they're so good, and it's like even though I'm trying to work like a a Texas gimmick where it's like you know rough rough guys, like they can have they can have rough matches with anyone i mean yeah, I've they seen would them, be they'd I, be fine i think i, I see them throwing it, up dudes around i i was hoping they would fall to me but i also i needed i needed I, there was one i really wanted and he had to come first so yeah, yeah i, I yeah. was hoping they would last 
for at least a round or two. Yeah, well, I've 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 got at least like probably ten other guys that I want that I'm afraid are going to be taken. So it, it might <laughs> the the worm might turn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's okay. And they can obviously be like the lin- they will be the linchpin of my tag team division. I'm I'm trying to pick guys that could that either are part of a tag team or could easily fit into a tag team. They could have like great matches with them, but I mean they could you, you could literally took take any team and put sure. them against the Steiners. Yeah. And if you can match. All right. Well, Brad, that means it falls to you. Who is your first pick? Well, I am going to go with my main heel property. I think right off the bat. Um, he's going to fit my territory really well. Uh, Big Van Vader is my first pick. That's a great one. That's a good pick. I was so tempted to have Vader on my list, but I I was sitting here and I was going, they're going to get him before me. I ain't going to get Vader. I was hoping Matt wasn't going to take him because, um, I had my, I have my, my top face, my top heel figured out and i'm like my my top face is going to be a little down like i don't think he's going to be a top pick for anyone um because he's a little washed at this point but he has some years left in him but um yeah so vader i really wanted because you can almost put anyone in there with vader like the the top face doesn't even matter because you have that that top heel property um you know he has history in the area he has that legit sports background and if you're wanting to set like a technically proficient, hard hitting promotion, like you need, you need your top guy to kind of epitomize that style and it's Vader. Yeah. And I would say we're doing fantasy now. So in theory, we could just assume that in 1993, it's, it's, they're just perfectly healthy and still very competent. But mm-hmm. if we actually want to try and compare it to actual historical reality like vader was on fire in 1993 he was so good he still had a lot of good years left in him um the wwf years weren't great no but he went to he he went to like all japan in 99 and tore Mm -hmm. it up oh yeah and then he was with uh pro wrestling noah and still had great matches so yeah yeah it was still there but yeah 1993 was a particularly fantastic year for him and it wasn't i think that was I think that was the year that we had like the Sting Vader series or some of those matches. It, I think yeah. it was winding down at that point, but yeah, that was. Yeah. All right. Well, then I am at the end of the line, so that means that I am going to be picking two. The first one I'm picking is going to be someone who, like I said, he's very mobile on the card. He's also got the kind of offense that um, could lay it in enough that it would fit. And he has history with the region that I'm in. So that means that my first pick is going to be Randy Savage. Oh, good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I was hoping I would, he would come around to the the second round for me. Yeah, um, it, he's just he's too good and too versatile for me to not pick up. Mm-hmm. I can't not pick up Randy Savage if he's on the table now. I am I'm in this spot in my second one that what do I want? You know, what am I looking for? Do I want to pick my top face or my top heel? And since Savage can be either one, Savage is so versatile, I do want to have some people on my card that can be just fiery white meat baby faces, which means 
I'm sorry, Matt. I'm going to have to pick a perennial favorite, and I'm going to have to take Sting. Ah. So. I didn't have him on my list as the main guy, but he's, of course, on my list as an alternate. Yeah, yeah. That's a great pick. I think, yeah, you can't go wrong. No. Having those two, you can team them. You can feud them. The only thing that you can't do with the two of them is have Sting go heel because it just just doesn't work. No. But, um— now I've got to wait and hope that one of my top heels is available whenever it comes back around. So I think the ball passes back to you, Brad. Okay, well, um, this would have been my spot. Randy Savage, I was hoping, would fall because he had a little bit of an off year at this point. But so I'm going to take, I guess, my top face for the promotion. So I'm going to pencil in Bret Hart for my my number two pick. Okay. Which will help me Solid. when I want to do some incursions into Canada. He doesn't necessarily fit the hard-hitting style, but he will, he, he's technical. He can adapt. I think he's a good foil for Vader at the top of the card. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I said, and he'll, he's, he's got a lot of history in the region. I think he's like a positive draw for the most part. Um, oh, yeah. Really a guy you can't go wrong with. And he's really a guy that... Anyone you bring in is going to be a good fit for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. An- another very versatile pick. Yeah. And he can flip back and forth that face heel dynamic, too. That's very true. So that's a great pick. That really is. Yeah, I actually feel like he, even though he, you're trying to go with like an All Japan hard-hitting style, I actually think I actually think Bret Hart would have worked really well in All Japan, considering yeah, I think so, they, had, they had talent there who were very technical. Uh, and I actually feel like geographically he would actually work well like in the in the midwest like the upper midwest and yeah, of course so you do too. have that canadian like, connection yeah he really because like because canada would be more of a concern <clears throat> for me than you guys he mm-hmm. really gives me that that entryway especially since territorially like the awa and like detroit and stuff would and you know kind of sneak into to Canada a little bit. It gives me some versatility to do that, and he'll draw me houses there. Sure. Yeah. So then, um, so for Matt's second pick, he took Rick Steiner, obviously. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's, it's going to snake back around, so Matt gets his third pick. Okay. Oh, okay, that's right, because we each, at this point, have had two yeah. picks. Okay. Um, okay. I... I have a question which would affect my pick because I would pick I would contemplate picking two people as a tag team. Okay. But is it let's let's I need a clarification on the rules. Is it people is it people who regularly tag like if they have some history of a tag team or you can justify it that they won a title one time I would say it's fine. Mm. That's fair. They would they have to have won a title. If they tagged enough that you could justify it, well, let's just say who you're thinking, and then we'll we'll let's we'll decide. Uh, would what about if they were part of a stable together, and they they would team together as part of that stable? But I don't think. Are that you thinking about Rick and Arn? Uh, I'm I'm thinking of Arn and another person. <sighs> Damn. If you're thinking about it around ninety here, I'll just I'll 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 allow it. Yeah. You allow it? Okay. Yeah. I, I think there can be a logical connection uh, just because they were stable mates um, and they did tag team occasionally. I think I even like 92, 93. Um, I was going to pick 
two picks, so that would be my third or fourth. I was going to pick Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton. Oh, they won titles together. Oh, they did? I don't I don't think they actually won a title. I thought I, was I would like, count them uh, as a I think team. it was Arn and Zabisco. Oh, no, wait. I'm looking it up. You're right. They did win a title together. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that all right, then. That works out. Uh, I pick Arn and Bobby because I think those two could absolutely have fantastic matches with the Steiners, and they Very could also be linchpins for my tag division, and well, I think both of them where are I think such they're, good workers. Where I think they're mm-hmm. brilliant for your promotion is if you want hosses and lightweights, they can work hosses really well, but then you can mm-hmm. you can weave them around and they work lightweights exceptionally well too. Like they can oh, absolutely, both. especially especially Bobby Eaton. Yeah, we um we don't we don't really we haven't really talked about Bobby Eaton a lot, but Bobby Eaton I would argue is criminally underrated. Oh God, yes. Oh, he's like because he he's the hmm? best. I think he legitimately could be the greatest offensive wrestler of all time. He he gets he kind of gets forgotten about just because I think he, can't he was talk. more of. A, well, yeah, he didn't he didn't talk. You you know where I and loved he, him though is when we watched yeah. that SMW show. Bluegrass Brawl, mm-hmm. when they were doing that, like, clusterfuck mm-hmm. main event, and all these guys mm-hmm. are brawling, and, like, Eaton's just doing comedy, like, in the middle of the, in the, middle of the ring. Like, he gets, like, <laughs> a tire put on his head, like, his pants are falling down, and, like, there's just all this carnage, and then there's just Bobby Eaton doing comedy in the middle of it. Like, it was so, yeah. like, brilliant. <laughs> he is, he's been in, he was in tag teams, like, most of his career, and he was always kind of kind of given short thrift even though he did have his own he did have a bunch of singles titles but he was in stables you could put him with a stable he would work like you could put him in so many different things and he would work he was an absolutely fantastic wrestler and, and like, so versatile people people yes. haven't even seen some of his best stuff like his tag team with like coco Ware as sweet brown sugar like there are people that swear that like are big memphis fans that that's like his best mm-hmm. tag work it probably is. I mean, he's a, he just is so good, like a consummate worker. Like he's he's the guy that other other wrestlers, other workers, because he's not he's not flashy. He certainly didn't try and showboat or take uh, take away from his opponents. But he's the guy that other wrestlers would be like, oh no, Bobby Eaton's like the best. Much like nowadays, people talk about like workers or, or talk about like Christian, like oh Christian's like mm-hmm. one of the best workers. And I'm not hating on Christian because. Uh, their explanations as to why, like, I, I think are are appropriate. Like, he is a guy who's just very, very technically good and does make his opponents look good. He feeds well. He can yeah. sell. But that was Bobby Eaton back in the day. Like, Bobby Eaton could do all of that and just everything would look crisp. And uh, Bobby Eaton, under, super underrated, one of the best damn punches yeah. in wrestling. Oh, man, his punches That's, are so yeah. snug the, and tight. The first night I was in wrestling, mm-hmm. I was in – the locker room with Bobby Eaton and I should have just asked him very politely, Mr. Eaton, could you please, I'm just getting started. Could you please help me with, you know, working out my working punches? Uh, Cause you know, I had a, a martial arts boxing background, so I kept gimmicking my punches up enough. So I, cause I was afraid that I was just going to absolutely rock somebody. Yeah. And, um, oh, I should have, God, I should have. You should have. Didn't I, I think his rep isn't his rep that he's. Like, That's why one he kept the, the job for us. No, they said legitimately he kept his job to WCW almost all the way to the end because he was such a nice guy and everyone loved him so much that no one wanted to fire him. Yeah. 
Yeah, didn't they give him just like gave him an office gig so that they wouldn't have to fire him? I mean, that says something when Eric Bischoff, who wasn't shy about firing people, kept him. But it, I, yeah. he's, he's the example I used for people. And it's like, see, this is what being a nice person and being agreeable to be around gets you like as like employment. Um, yeah. Chances. Yeah. So I guess oh, I'm man. up next. Yep, you sure are. So I'm going to go a little afield here, but he does fit my promotion still. I, with my third pick, am going to take Kurt Henning. Mmm. Damn. That's so a solid pick. So now where he fits in this really well is great worker. He can face and heal it really well. <clears throat> and is is Vader's probably always going to be a heel but Henning and Hart can kind of intermix being heel or face and fit towards the top and because it's you know an AWA region Henning was the world champion there he has a lot of history um great talker again he's kind of that property you can build around even at this point in his career yeah that's such a good pick I had him on my list for so many of those reasons (laughs) Damn. Okay. Oh, God, that's good. I guess that's to me now, isn't it? Yep. Yes. Well, um, I had mentioned that, you know, I needed hard-bitten, hard-brawler types. I needed guys who who would get snug and that sort of stuff because of the the desires of the region, which means my third pick is going to go to one of our favorite hosses. It's going to go to Stan Hansen. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. Oh, man, he was on my list. He's in my top ten. So Arn was in mine. So. Oh, well. Yeah, I told you the worm was going to turn. I know, right? And so, um, you know, we're um, I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at this, and I'm like, okay, if I'm going to say my promotion needs to be this way, because I, I had considered, would it be Hanson or Vader, Hanson or Vader? And I love Vader. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, I had a half-hour conversation with him at a convention once, you know, great time with him, that sort of stuff. But given what I'm looking for and what I'm looking to do, I just thought Hanson would be a better fit, which meant Vader would have been an alternative for me, which meant I wasn't going to get him because I knew that wasn't going to happen. Now. Yeah. It's hard when you, here I am. It's hard when you have that guy that's like your dream pick, but you know he's probably not going to last long enough to get to fall to you when you need your. Yeah. When you have like your yeah. pieces you need early. Um, Hanson also fits the versatility criteria I really wanted because Stan Hansen could work face or heel. Stan Hansen fighting anybody on the card makes sense because he would just rumble with whoever. And, you know, here we go. Now I'm left going, what am I going to try and pick up next? Who am I going to try and and eyeball for my next spot? And so uh, I am I'm in this place where um, the, the picks that I wanted, that I really wanted to have, um, I don't um, – the way I had it planned out, I don't know that I have the full access to it. So now I'm on a coin flip between two guys because I also have to, I, I, I've got to have some guys that are good looking enough to get attention. 
and I got to have guys who are, you know, and, and I mean, I've only got three picks, but I've got one of those so far, which means I think I'm going to go with someone who I'm going to check real quick because I think he was on the up and coming at this point. Let me look at it. Yeah, he was getting into his swing. He was really getting going here. And I'm going to take a risk and pick up, oddly, another one that really probably ought to be in Matt's promotion. But I'm going to draft Dustin Rhodes. Oh, God damn you. I was, <laughs> oh, man. I was, just about to take, I was just about to take him and Barry Windham as a tag team. Sorry, Matt. That's... I too was gonna take both of them as a tag team. Yeah, sorry Man. about that, but mm. that's you know, Pain. like I said, he can go Pain. anywhere. He could tag with Hanson. He could tag with Sting. He could tag with Savage. You know, he was young, good-looking guy. He was really hitting his stride. Um, you know, good baby face, good strikes. He he had everything I was looking for. So. Ah, this hurts. <laughs> That's the beauty of the draft, though, isn't it? Yes. I guess that goes back to Brad. Uh, for my fourth pick, I am going to take another big guy. I'm going to take Ray Trailer. Ooh. So not a guy um, I actually was contemplating, but that's a, that's a solid pick. So good that worker, a very hard hitter, um, facer, heel. He's a good foil for actually the other three guys I have so far, and I think he's feuded with at least Vader and Henning. I don't think he ever feuded with Hart. Uh, I don't know that he did, but that's a really solid pick. Mm-hmm. So then uh, Matt, for his fourth pick, took Bobby Eaton, so we're weaseling around yes. for the fifth pick. So, Matt, you're on the board. This is tough. I I might I hate to keep doing this, but I actually might pick another tag team just to <laughs> get a, get a couple guys. Yeah. Because I really wanted Stan Hansen. Dustin Rhodes was going to be a linchpin. Uh, and picking a tag team, I might lose out on one or two other guys that I want. But uh, I'm just I'll just do that, which will be my fifth and sixth pick. Yeah. And I might I might be affecting Brad here. I'm not sure, but. I'm going to do a tag team, the Miracle Violence Connection, Steve Williams, and Terry Gordy. Those are great picks for the region. Yeah. Steve Williams and Terry both both worked in – well, Terry didn't know worked in Texas. I think Williams – He worked in Oklahoma. He He might have done some Texas stuff with um, (laughs) – I think he did Houston when Watts was, like, giving talent for that. Yeah. yeah, Williams was in UWF, so he would have gotten into the area a bit, at mm-hmm. least. Well, I guess I'm up that's, on the board then. Yeah, that's a that's a God, that's a good pick. I would. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. And, yeah. You know, I'm sorry, man, but that's that's. Uh, yeah, that that was. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to have to be really, really clever with my remaining picks. Let's see. Okay, well, I'm I've up. got my fifth and sixth. You're, okay. um, who's who's up next? I've lost yeah, track now. I Okay. So Are we still on pick five, number five or? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna to have to get on the board here with a tag team. So I'm going mm. to go a little older, but still have a couple good years in them. Um, they probably won't be my top tag team. Well, they'll probably be my top fa- face tag team. So I'm going to take Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson um, to kind of cement my my tag team division around. Like I probably these are probably guys probably will only stay like a year or so to kind of get things off the ground. Mm-hmm. But, I, look, those guys are those guys are still having matches. At least they were yeah. as of like 2020. Yeah. So they have they they're going to be around if you want them to. Oh man, yeah. That that's Matt. Just so you know, the tag teams that I had listed, three mm. of the four are gone now. <laughs> uh, so that my tag division is shot. Um, mm, God, that's good pickup. Oh, is that me? It falls to me, right? Yep, you're up next. Okay, so let's see. Big, you know, wanting the the hard hitting. I'm wanting the stuff. I want a little bit of difference, and I'm I'm gonna go for someone who I think I'm gonna go for somebody who really had success as a heel, and you know, brings some size. Brings a lot of talent. We talked about, you know, brings some legitimacy to throw hands whenever it comes in. So I, this is probably a dark horse pick on my part, but I'm going to pull John Tenta Earthquake. Whoa. Okay. That's not a bad pick. Because, you know, because first of all, doing the Earthquake gimmick is a really good way to get heat and that sort of stuff. He was always real capable. Um you put someone over him, that's going to be a big deal for them. And now I'm looking because I'm trying to figure who am I going to who am I going to use here? Am I going to go for versatility or am I going to go for someone who's. I'm going to gamble. This is going to be my oddball round. Um. But I'm going to gamble because my next pick is going to be someone else who's very versatile, uh, bring something very different than what we've seen, but also has a history in the area, which means that I'm going to pull Cactus Jack. Ah, that was he was on my list. <laughs> you know, for running an Appalachian promotion, I've pulled like three Texas gimmick. Guys. Yeah, he, he worked in the USWA, though, so. He yeah, and history. Smoky Mountain. So he knows he knows how to do it. Mm. Um, but that's that's where I'm at. I'm just like, oh, you know, that's yeah. I, I'm I'm looking for that versatility. I'm looking for that hard hitting, and I'm looking to have variance in my roster because I don't want two people doing the same thing. Okay, well so, then uh, the rest of round six picked already because I took Robert Gibson. Matt took Terry yep. Gordy, so we are at pick seven. On Matt, I believe. Yep, Matt's up. Okay, uh, Cactus Jack was not in my top ten, but he was definitely he was definitely on my list. Uh, since he's been mentioned, I should probably just take him while I can. Uh, I'm gonna go Barry Wyndham. Okay. Because Barry, I think would would pair really well. He's a great worker. You, you can you can have him as a face or heel. He could be mm-hmm. either one and I'd like top level either one. So Yeah. 
I'm going to go with Barry Windham. Barry Windham's a good pick. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to go a little. <laughs> I'm going to go a little weird here. Well, it won't be weird mm-hmm. when people hear it. So, I took my top face tag team. Um, you can kind of see what I'm building here. So I'm going to kind of build my heel tag team to kind of counteract my my faces here. So I'm going to take Ming and the Barbarian. Ooh. The faces of fear. Plus someone who keeps the locker room from getting too rowdy. Uh. <laughs> and they, I, you could also, there's a stable building possibilities with like Vader. If you get mm-hmm. the right manager and stuff. <clears throat> Sure. This is a this is a really weird, um, not a segue, but more of like a, a non sequitur. But have you guys have you guys seen the show Freakazoid? Yep. Yeah. You remember that show? For those who don't, uh, who aren't aware of it, there was a it was like late nineties, I think. It was mid nineties. It was like mid-90s. one of the first um, WB cartoons when they like started doing Saturday morning. Yeah, followed very... up off. Animaniacs. If you go back, it's very kind of dated because it's like early internet days humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it was kind of kind of superhero themed, um, but it, Freakazoid had a like a, a sidekick, uh, Cosgrove, who was cop. Yeah. Uh, voiced by Ed Asner. No, he had fanboy. Yeah. He had that like fat guy with a cape that did nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Cosgrove would just show up and want to, like, get, like, food. Yeah. And then give him advice. Uh, that, actually, Cosgrove was Cosgrove, – yeah, Cosgrove was Ed Asner, I think. Yes, yeah, he's he yeah. voiced by Ed Asner. And it was really funny because sometimes, like, bad, the bad guys would be doing stuff or there would be some sort of, like, shenanigans going on. Uh, and he would just, like – he's this big, fat, gruff, like, cop. And he would just go, hey, cut it out. Cut it out. Or it'd and be like people, they, they were just like, oh, okay. Or it'd like, be like, stop it. Or it'd mm-hmm. be like the lobe's about to blow up City Hall. Nothing could stand in my way. But like, hey, Freakazoid, want to go get a soda? It's like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then even like one episode, he actually did it to the Animaniacs and mm-hmm. stopped them. Uh, I'm only bringing that up because like Ming is basically like a the humanoid like Cosgrove, real life Cosgrove. He probably could just be like hey cut it out <laughs> and people would be like okay no they said like I, they said like he he was like a really easygoing guy but people would always screw with him like really? they said he never started anything like it was always other people that started stuff with him why would you tempt fate why would you do that because like he some people I think have the, a death wish i guess i think the story they always tell is he beat up like three or four marines in a bar one night hmm? and they yeah, started it yeah <laughs> there's just so many so many stories about ming that you just just don't mess with ming yeah. it's never a good idea that's a, that's a good pick it is a good pick and there's uh, a lot of mileage out of both guys at this point too a lot mm-hmm. of mileage sure they yeah they got long runs ahead of them and this is the same year where like Big Boss Man and Barbarian had that, like, great match. No, it might have been the year before. He, like, Barbarian and Boss Man had that, like, just awesome Royal Rumble match that one year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, and they work great with small guys because uh, there's that WrestleMania 7 opener with Ming and 
Barbarian against the Rockers, and it's great. Oh, it is good. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. Ooh. Now I'm looking, because I've got some picks I want to get, but I really need to have a cornerstone on my tag division. You have mm-hmm. some... Uh, not not trying to, to put you in anything, but you do have a couple of low-hanging fruit guys that are regional-specific. Um... Who are you thinking of? And I'm looking at my list. Um, Lawler and Jarrett are very, very yeah. region specific. Um, they did tag. Um, you yeah. have you have Gilberts hanging around. You have um, Tracy Smothers hanging out there. Um, the Heavenly Bodies are still on yeah, the table. I'm, yeah, they are, and you're right. But I am in a place of because I'm, I'm really thinking about kind of the central tenant that I wanted it was that I needed that hard hitting aspect to it right because that's that's just been such a, a big deal but I've also picked up a lot of guys who are you know, versatile and capable and stuff like that and can flip back and forth which means I do want to have a and see, in the uh, the what the, the tag team that'd be perfect for you, you shouldn't draft until later because like, if I was you, I'd be eyeing like Ron and Don Harris as the Bruise Brothers, but you can probably get them in like the bottom ten. So. Yeah, that's yeah. that's well, I'll go ahead and tell you who I'm thinking here, and <laughs> you're someone's gonna someone's gonna swear here in a second, but I believe my next two picks are just gonna be the Road Warriors. That's a good Ooh, pick. That's a fairly solid pick. Because then I get to have, um, I get to have, you know, the the hard hitting aspect. I get to have the flip back and forth aspect. I get to have the, um, you know, I get to have. Uh, can they be face or heel? Can they work with about anybody? Sure, they can do all of that. And you have a uh, you have a bigger roster size wise. Yeah. Well. Hanson, yeah, everybody on my... Yeah, you have a very big... Randy Savage is your only little guy. Like, Matt and I kind of have a mix, but you're very, you're very, like, heavy, heavy so far. I've got some size, yeah. Yeah. And, well, and here's the thing, is, is, well, Brad told the story on there, you know, the the Ohio Valley with Mark Henry doing the feats of strength and that big raw-boned hillbilly pulled one of them off. If if I'm going to have the storytelling of guys being you know, rough and tumble and hard hitting and stuff like that. I've, I feel like I'm in the part of the country where there are going to be more people who are, they're going to need that kind of size to buy into it a little more. Um, you cross over into the Carolinas and probably not as much, but you know, I'm not trying to be like Vince here. I'm not trying to be a body guy, but I'm trying to go for, for talented, hard hitting types. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. So then, um, that'll weasel back to me. I picked the Barbarians, so Matt, yep. you're up with two picks. Uh, oh, I'm two picks? Yeah, mm-hmm. so you didn't, your tag team's finally, well, you know, you finally didn't take a tag team, so you have, but you have your snake <laughs> pick available. So which numbers would this be? I think so it's this would be eight, eight, eight the, and nine. The last eight pick nine. of eight and the first pick of nine. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to have to go with alternates for some of the guys that I've picked. Um, mm-hmm. but... 
I've heard names thrown out, so I'm just going to try and take them. Uh, for my number eight, I'm going to actually pick Jeff Jarrett. He has a, he has a history there because of USWA Dallas. That's a good um, can work yeah. both guys. Um, he also is a little smaller at this point in his career, so mm-hmm. he can get away with wrestling bigger guys, but he can also get away with some messing <clears throat> around with light guys too. Yeah, another guy who's also really underrated as a worker. Um, can work both face and heel. Good technical wrestler. Could he could work with those hosses and actually put on good matches. He could probably work with the lighter guys and actually put on good stuff. Uh, I would probably have him initially as like a heel, maybe, uh, or make it maybe make him a face. But he's a solid pick. Um, and then an, a guy who I didn't have actually on my list. Mm-hmm. I had to choose him as like an alternate. Uh, but obviously has great potential down the road. Mm-hmm. But at this point, uh, was not achieving the greatness that he would later, but Steve Austin. Stunning yeah, Steve that's Austin. That's a good pick. Yeah. I was going to pick Stan Hansen, but I had, I'm, I'm sliding him into <laughs> that pick um, because I, now that I think about it, like, I mean, Steve Austin's from Texas. Mm-hmm. And at this point, you know, he he's, he was in the Stunning Steve route, but, you know, he could transition to a harder style, kind of more like, you know, Stone Cold, but uh, could work as a heel, could work as a face. Great worker. Yeah. That's, um, that's those are great picks. I, I There is, you know, I, I was kind of eyeing Jarrett myself for the exact reasons you said. And mm-hmm. when we talked about that uh, that last bash at the beach, just highlighting how how just good White Spangly Jarrett was as a heel, mm-hmm. like th- th- those are great. Those are great. Austin was on my list too. All right, Brad, I think it comes back to you. So, um, just kind of keeping with like what I've got here, um, I am actually going to take Ron Simmons with my ninth pick. Uh, he was on my list. So what I like about this is um, he can do face or heel. He'll probably be face here, but he works so well with everyone here. Mm-hmm. He can wrestle Vader, yeah. Bret Hart, Kurt Henning, Ray Trailer, Ming Barbarian. Like, he can just he can go toe-to-toe with those guys. He can do whatever you need him to do. He can even slot in as, like, your world champion if you want him to. Um, just great guy to... Uh, Great utility guy, I think. He can be mid-card. He can be main event. You can slide him into a tag team Uh, with an up-and-comer. That's a great pick. He was on my list. Ron would have fit really well into my um, the the promotion I was actually putting together. He would have been a good Texas guy, I think. Yeah, he would have been. That's solid. That's a solid pick. You know, I don't think he ever – he never did – he was in WCW at the time. But if you actually want a fantasy book or just – fantasize about it like ron simmons would have probably done really really well in like early 90s uh all japan mm. oh definitely yeah he would have been he would have fit in right with those guys like he could have he was a he was a big rough and tumble guy like he could have fit well with those hosses he could have been th- power slim dudes yeah definitely definitely so shad you are up on the board well, these are my last two picks and I'm in this I'm in this place where it's like okay, what am I gonna have? Because because Brad's right, you know I I do need some 
some homegrown talent that'll hook people in, you know, a local draw. And then I am considering, is there a, my, my 10th pick, I'm going back and forth about am I, what pick am I going to have? Is it going to be this pick or am I, am I going to go to one of my, uh, out of the country picks? But first we're just going to go ahead and have Jerry Lawler, uh, in the ninth slot for the talker you know it's Lawler was just like there's so many people that only know Lawler from commentary but seriously Lawler's honestly just so good and you know people know Lawler people are you know king of Memphis all that kind of stuff so having Lawler around you know again works with about anybody you know, he he also brings the ability to do some some goofy comedy stuff here in a way that um, you know I'm not gonna that that other people on the card don't have. So that's that's why I'm gonna pick him. But my last pick, I think I'm gonna go with another person who is really successful in the region. And Phil's Jerry Jarrett's advice: you got to have the attractive guys, who's very versatile, capable of doing a lot of stuff. And I think that's going to be Stan Lane. Ooh. I, I debated <clears throat> so hard on who it was going to be, and uh, yeah, yeah, going to be Stan Lane. You have, a lot, just, of, you have a lot mm-hmm. of um, tag options for him because you could bring, you could bring um, Candido. Well, no, I don't think he teamed with Candido. I'm thinking. You could bring um you could bring Tom Pritchard in, you could bring um Steve Kern in. There's some choices for tagging him. I mean or I mean he he's good enough and versatile enough that I could I could slap him in with a bunch of other people on Stan Lane and Dustin Rhodes as a rough you know, as a as a uh you know, the good looking young guns team would would totally be a doable thing. Yeah. All right, so so now I'm done. Yep, for this so, episode Brad, you're done because because folks we're coming back next week we're gonna do the next ten mm-hmm. to finish our draft off. So for my last pick of this show, so I'm I'm kind of getting a little bit of a tweener guy, a guy that's kind of between like upper mid card and mid card. Um, I'm gonna use him to kind of counterbalance. Like I'm a little heavy on size and a little heavy on brawling. So I'm going to get a technical guy, some guy that's going to add some flash and pizzazz to the shows. Also a good talker, um, and it will be memorable. So with my 10th pick, I'm taking Two Cold Scorpio. Ooh. Oh, he was on my list. Damn. That's such a good pick. And so you get – so where I think he works really well for me is – he can have great matches with Vader. Like, those are just going to be nuts. Same thing with Ray Trailer. Um, you know, you can six-man him with with Ricky Morton or Robert Gibson. Um, he can tag with Bret Hart here and there. You know, you could tag with Ron Simmons. Then you can flip Bret Hart and Kurt Hayne heel, and then they can have good matches with him. Like, he yeah. just works all up and down the card. And he can be, like, a mainstay of the mid mid-card title, and, you know, he can be a tag title holder. He can challenge. And even if you feel like a little nuts, you can you can give him like a transitional world title reign like he really works. He brings well, some. I'm sorry, Brad, I'm stepping on you, but he brings 
he brings an element that nobody else on your roster has too. Yep. In his flying capability. Yep. He does. That's that's a really that's a solid pick. All right, Matt. Damn, that was a good pick. He was not in my uh, he was not in my top ten, but he would have been in my my uh, number eleven through twenty. He would have been on that list. Mm-hmm. My my picks um, have kind of shifted over time as I've seen who's still like available and like what yeah. I start wanting. Mm-hmm. All right, so for my number ten pick, uh, I'm gonna go with a guy who obviously would have a lot of potential down the road given what he did with his career but is a guy who is uh, at least billed as a, as a Texas guy, mm-hmm. uh, but also was kind of just coming into his own smaller guy. So, you know, you could, you could put him with the Haases. I mean, he's had fantastic matches with bigger dudes, uh, but you could also have him work some of the light heavyweight guys and I'm going to draft him uh, the tail end of my draft. But uh, Sean Michaels, Ooh. billing from San Antonio, Texas. Yeah, and that's a guy who he could have. Well, since I've drafted him, like he could have fantastic matches with Austin. Like you could have him, you could have him as a face or heel. I mean, he did both. You could have, you could have him do a whole series with Jeff Jarrett. Like yeah. there's a lot of potential there. Yep, definitely. That's, that's a solid pick, and mm-hmm. you know what his upside is. So you oh, know, yeah. you know what that's, what that can come to, and how good that can be. So that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just solid all the way around. So let's, um, let's review our first 10 rounds here and then we can kind right. of talk about what we each have before we, we, we sign off for this episode. So Matt took Scott and Rick Steiner, Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton, Steve Williams and Terry Gordy, Barry Windham, Jeff Jarrett, Steve Austin, and Shawn Michaels. I think Matt has an interesting top heavy tag division right now. Um, yes, he's got three good tag teams there, and I think he could wrangle around um, some makeshift stuff if he wanted to for a fourth team. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a little, I think you're a little lacking for like that that hot top of the card property, but like you could be more of a tag team territory, and I think mm-hmm. Barry Windham can carry you as far as like your main champion for a couple years. Yeah, because by that time I could try and build up like someone like Steve Austin. And Michaels. Michaels is almost yeah. there. He needs like another year. And Jarrett's, I think, fine mm-hmm. for a younger property. Yeah. See, a, a tag team heavy um, territory is something I, I would probably love it because I love good tag wrestling. Good tag wrestling has so many more things options for you to play with that um you know you can, <laughs> you can just do so much with it because you've got at least twice the people even more if you throw in managers and so even even if you have a series of matches between the same teams the matches don't have to look the same well i guess i guess steve williams you could you could you could slot in there like for your world champion too mm-hmm because I think I think Gordy at this point in his career, like you're not gonna you're not gonna trust him much outside of like tag action just because of his limitations. But um, Steve Williams, you can do a lot with. You know, Arn can kind of get out there and challenge and stuff too. I don't know if I would necessarily put my top title on him, but um, he he can definitely 
do everything around that. I think the only guys you have, Matt, that might be pigeonholed into being tag guys is is Gordy and the Steiners. And it's not that the Steiners <laughs> can't do single stuff, but they're just so good as a tag team. Well, that... the, I mean, in my opinion, I actually feel like a, a guy like Scott Steiner could break away and be like a, a main event guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he did. And well, yeah. You have guys both both Williams and Gordy both had like the All Japan Triple Crown Championship, so you know those guys could actually be moved up to the main event. And maybe they're not going to be like your your main guy for you know two three years, but uh, you could definitely slot them into like the, the heavyweight scene. They yeah. can maybe hold the title for a little bit. Like I think I got options. Yeah, you do. I agree with you. So then uh, my my um. My pick so far, I have Big Van Vader, Bret Hart, Kurt Henning, Ray Trailer, Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, Ming the Barbarian, Ron Simmons, and Too Cold Scorpio. So I think I have a fairly coherent... I, I think if you look at my roster so far, you kind of have a fairly coherent kind of idea that forms in your head of like, well, these guys are probably going to slot in here. These are going to be your early feuds and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think, I think mine has that, um, where I think, where I think I'm going to have to start drafting is my, my mid cards really kind of light. Like, Mm -hmm. I think, I think you have like Ming, the barbarian, Ron Simmons and two cold Scorpio are kind of like straddling, straddling that upper mid card line. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson are kind of to give me that face tag team, but you know, they're kind of aging at this point. So I don't know past like a year or two what i'd do with them well and i don't and this is not to bag on the guy because he's part of one of the best tag teams of all time but i don't know how much of an upside robert gibson would have in the single run no like if you had morton and morton and gibson doing you know they were still the team but if they were doing single stuff for a while i don't like i said i don't morton does i mean he he had that a few times but i don't know how much gibson would have on that yeah so then for for shad's roster we have randy savage sting stan hansen dustin rhodes john tenta cactus jack animal hawk jerry lawler and stan lane so when i look at your roster i kind of see randy savage and sting in their revolving door of big guys that are probably trying to beat them up In in one way or another, yeah. Well, because Savage or Sting, the only the the guys I just about anybody on this list, I could I could put in a main event and not sweat about it. You know, I, I don't feel like it would be a stretch for it. You know, Dustin is the scrappy guy going at the top. Okay, Earthquake up there. Okay, Savage Sting Hanson would probably be mainstays up high cactus is so good at working with everybody that it would work lawler would be like stan lane might be my mid upper mid card kind of mainstay guy but i can't really argue what you're saying savage and sting and then the 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 monster squad a little bit well no dustin's not but yeah 
But, I mean, heck, if I'm going to build around somebody, build around two guys facing down the odds, Savage and Sting, I feel like are pretty good picks for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And Savage can work heel, too, if you get bored of what your options are. And, I mean, honestly, um, Tenna can do – Tenna and Cactus – well, Tenna can do face. I don't know if I would quite do Cactus as a face at this point in his career unless, like – you kind of do the whole, like, you know, he's a jerk and a, a masochist, but he's our jerk and masochist. Like, if that you were thing. to, if you were to throw Cactus at Stan Hansen and Hansen's just rocking him, but he just keeps getting up or do it with, with Tenta, then you can, I feel like it would be like the build of Cactus versus <laughs> Vader. It's like the, mm-hmm. these two hard hitters just keep knocking him down. He just keeps coming back. And I could build him up for that and then maybe have him make a save to help Dustin out or something and, you know, bring him around on that. But he would probably lean more heelish. Um, I think the Cactus Jack character works better as a heel. Like, I think you want, like, Mankind or Dude Love works better as, like, the... Oh, yeah, a, there's no... face. There's no question, but it, it well... Later mankind, not early and, mankind. But I think he, yeah. I think he serves a really nice purpose too. Of, he's a real. I think he'd make he makes a really good transitional champion if you're just trying to get from point A to point B. Like, hey, Cactus Jack beats Sting, because yeah. I'm gonna weasel around here for a month and then put it on Randy Savage because I have some ideas I want to do with him as champion. So I think he really, yeah. he he serves that purpose better than I think Hanson or Tenta does as far as being like a transitional guy. Yeah. Um, Hanson, there are mountains you have to climb. And I think, I think the other thing with where Cactus Jack is good for that is you can job Jack quite frequently and he won't lose anything. Whereas I think you kind of have to protect Tenna and Hanson to a degree. To a degree, I'll agree with that. And and Cactus kind of can get himself back just on. He'll get himself over. That'll yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that won't be a problem. But. So what we're going to do is we have we have 10 rounds and we have a supplemental manager round. We're going to do those next week. Yep. Um, and we will recap our picks for you then, and then we might have some more talk about this. And then what we'll probably do is probably every couple of months we'll check in and kind of kind of give like an, do like an overview episode here and there and just say, hey, OK, so we're going to take like this. This probably we will do like quarterly recaps and just be like hey this is you know kind of what we what we what we do like a big picture like hey this is what happened in our promotion little fantasy booking to go with our nothing we're not going to get in depth and do like blow by blow tv it's going to be more like hey this is what i'm doing this is how this angle worked like that sort of thing sure all right well everybody we would love to hear from you. What do you think of our picks? Do you think that there's something we're missing out on? Is there something we need to pick up? We would love to hear from you uh, on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And so this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth, and we will see you next time.